Hey, hey, a brand new episode of the Happy Productive Podcast is about to begin. It's time to be inspired by simple and actionable solutions for you and your business. If you're an established entrepreneur or just laying down the first brick of your future empire, the mantra is the same. We will flip any failure into a positive and use it to our advantage. This show is all about turning coal into diamonds with the right plan and mindset anything is possible. I'm Jennifer Dawn, your host, business coach, and founder of Best Planner Ever. And I'm here to help you achieve all your ambitious goals. Success is closer than you think. Let's do this. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show today. I'm really, really excited for my guest, Ms. Susan Meyer. And I'm actually going to have her. Welcome, Susan. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. So everybody who's listening today, if you're just like, I have all these questions about my branding, this is the episode that you are going to want to listen to because Susan is going to answer all these questions and I have a bunch of my own queued up and ready to go for her. But before we dive in, Susan, would you mind just taking a minute or two and sharing with our audience um, who you are, what you do, and maybe even just a little bit of your history of how you got from, you know, where did you start to, to bring you to where you are today? Sure. And yeah, you and I were just talking before we started about how, you know, everybody's journey kind of informs the way they do the work they do. And I know we'll get into this in a little bit, like what is branding? What does branding mean? Because that's a, it means so many different things to different people. So I come from strategy. I started my career at the Boston Consulting Group. And that's how, where I got interested in. I mean, I, d- I don't think I even knew at the beginning of my career, I'd gone to business school, but we didn't talk about branding. And I think also the discipline has evolved a lot since then. So I knew about marketing, but I I was working with a lot of, con- I was in the consumer goods practice and I was fascinated by what I now know is brand loyalty or brand engagement. But I was just fascinated by this human connection that people had to the brands that they loved. And we did a lot of customer research, consumer research, you know, talking to people in their homes or in focus groups. And they were just... And a lot of the people we talked to were kind of brand loyalists, right? And I just thought this connection that people had was so fascinating. And then, of course, with, you know, in the early days of the internet and brands would have Facebook pages. And of course, now that's every brand has every social media platform. But in the beginning, I thought, wow, that's so interesting. You know, you're friending a brand. That's really cool, right? Like, what is it that makes us want to be friends with the essentially products we use? Because it's not about the product. It's about this this essence, right? This like way it makes us feel um, to be part of that brand community. So yeah, so I started my career as a management consultant doing general strategy, got interested in branding. And then um, I left BCG and I worked for a series of, you know, boutique consulting firms, partly because I, I, I'm an artist. Um, I still practice making art. I have a studio practice and that's always been kind of a sideline for me. Um, but I, I studied art in undergrad. And so I jumped into this world of business kind of through that lens. And so I was interested in branding because of the visual component as well. So I wanted to work in agencies where, first of all, where they were doing a lot of design and also where I would be able to kind of sit at that intersection. So as a strategist in some agencies, you're really more of a planner and really more managing the client relationship, you know, backfilling some of the strategy, but doing a lot of the kind of productivity stuff. 
Um, I wanted to really be more at the place where, yes, I'm bringing a strategic perspective and no, I'm not a graphic designer, but I'm working with the design team and where it's not just like throwing something over the transom from one silo to another. So I sought out those kind of experiences, had some great experiences in, like I said, small agencies. And then 12 years ago, decided to start my own company. I did not want to build an agency. I really wanted to be an independent consultant. Some of the listeners may be in that same boat. And it has, over the last 12 years, really grown in popularity to do such a thing. I think when I started, it was a little bit less formally recognized. And it's so nice now that I have a whole community of independent consultants that I you know, I'm part of and, um, you know, network with, I'm friends with. And so I loved running this business, partly for lifestyle reasons. I made that choice. I wanted to continue to have an active art practice um, and be able to control my own time. Um, And I also have children. And so that made it, for me, a really good choice in the way that I do it. And from a business perspective, I've had the opportunity to really choose the kind of clients that I work with. So I started doing coaching work about three years ago. But before that, the entirety of my business was working with larger companies, large and mid-sized companies. And I still do some of that, helping them with their brand strategy. And then what started to happen was that, you know, friends or friends of friends would come to me and say, I have this small business or even, you know, I'm writing my resume. I'm getting back into the workforce. Can you help me? And what I, the light bulb that went off was that, the notion of creating a brand applies. And of course, also on social media, now everybody knows everybody's a brand. Every teenager is a brand, right? (laughs) So the idea, which sometimes feels a little icky to me, for lack of a better word, but the idea that we all have a story to tell is actually, I think, very beautiful. And in the same way that you tell a story about your company, you can also tell a story about yourself. And that story that you tell about your, you know, know, Coca-Cola as a brand versus your small business versus your own life history, it's all the same like skill set to create that story. And the the way that you tell the story and what makes for a good story, the principles are the same. So that's kind of where I'm at now is I have a portion of my business where I help individuals and small businesses and a portion of my business uh, where I continue to help larger companies. Oh, I love this so much. You said something really important about branding is not marketing. And so just for everybody's clarity, because I think that the lines are very unclear where people misinterpret, you know, what is branding and what is marketing? So would you mind just kind of giving everybody a little bit of clarification on when we're talking about branding and how that's different from marketing? Sure. It's confusing. Language is confusing, right? Like because people use things interchangeably and you know, I'm going to give you the way that I define the terms, but different people do still define the terms differently. But I think what we can all agree on is that marketing is a very big umbrella and branding is a thing that sits underneath that umbrella. And the other thing I think that people universally agree on is that, and the way that I describe it is that branding is kind of the content piece. It's the, you know, what is it that we should be saying and why? You know, how should we be? So there is a big strategy piece of that. Like, what is your position in your marketplace? How are you different from other people? What makes you special and unique? And and what are the kind of proof points that you can point to that, you know, so people understand, oh, yeah, I believe that. Oh, I see why that person or that company is different. All of that becomes an input 
to something like advertising or a social media strategy, which I think of as more like distribution, right? Like, mm-hmm. how do you get your message out there is a whole very important kind of discipline, but that's not what branding per se is. Now, of course, a lot of large agencies do all of that and they kind of come from one end to the other. But I, I personally have focused and the, there are plenty of agencies that really focus on that upfront piece, the kind of who are you, what do you want to say about yourself and, and how are you going to say that in a way that best connects with your audience? Oh, so helpful. And so talk to me just a little bit about, you know, what are some of the key elements that every business should have in their brand strategy? I mean, one of the things we do, so we're, we're business coaches, but we also have a marketing agency, which some days I love. And some days I think, what the hell was I thinking of starting a marketing agency? But one of the very first exercises that we do with our clients is we go through a branding exercise and we don't go super deep below the surface, but we're looking for more of, you know, you know, your core values and, you know, what makes you unique. And, and of course your fonts, your logos, your colors, so we can make all, make sure all your other marketing stuff is consistent, but like what at, at its most basic level, like what do you feel like a business should have as like your basic branding? Like, what is that for a business that, that is kind of like a, you need to have at least this, what would that be? Yeah, for sure. So I think what you're asking about are like what I think of, what are the deliverables from a, from a branding project? Um, yeah. I'll also talk a little bit about the process to get there. But the deliverables, I think of them in two pieces. One is more strategic and one is more creative. But ultimately, like when I do the work, it's delivered kind of all in one book, right? And everything is kind of leading to both of those things. And they should be very, very integrated. So the colors and the fonts and the logo and all of that stuff comes right at the end because that should be an expression. It's the visual expression of your brand strategy or brand positioning. There's also a verbal expression. So you're going to have a tight story that you tell and versions of that, right? Because there's the one line version, there's the short paragraph version, there's maybe multiple messages that you want to reinforce in different ways. Um, Maybe there's the long story, right? And maybe there's a tagline. So, but all of those are kind of the verbal pieces of it. Also general tone and personality, right? Like a brand is almost like a person. And now I'm talking about when it's, when we're not talking about an individual person, we're talking about a really large company. This is a big insight that's helpful. I found with large companies to think about this brand is its own entity with its own personality. So what is that personality? Like you and I choose like, what we wear, how we wear our hair. Those are visual expressions of our personality. Also the way that we speak, the vocabulary that we choose, those are verbal expressions of our personality, right? So the brand has all of those things. So in terms of what would go in the more strategic portion, and and this now overlaps with like, what's the process to get there? You hit on a few of them. What are your core values? What are your differentiators? And the the framework that I use to think about it, because I've been simplifying and simplifying and simplifying this over like 20 years, right? And and it, that's, it's the irony is always, I think in, in anything, the simpler it is, the harder it is to get to. But um, so I think of it as like, who are you? Who are they? Meaning all of the potential audiences for all of your brand touch points, right? So, you know, and 
Simple would be I have make a product and I sell it to my consumer. Within that, maybe there's different segments of your consumer base, but more complicated, let's say somebody's got a, launching a small business. So they might have potential investors. They might have potential employees. They might have, obviously they have customers or consumers depending on what they're doing. So there's a whole ecosystem of who those audiences are. And there's also kind of a little bit of an art to saying, um, how do we speak to all of them who have different needs, different expectations in the same voice with the same message, right? So you're going to take this first understanding very granularly of who you are as an organization or as an individual, what are your values? What's your personality? What do you bring? You know, what are your credentials and differentiators? What are your superpowers? What are your passions? All of those things that make, you know, the bits and pieces that make you individual or business you, and then overlay that with, okay. And then really understanding at a human level, who those individuals are that you want to connect with. And I think that's sometimes a big insight too, for particularly for organizations, but also for individuals, you know, like they'll say, well, who's your customer? Well, our customer, our target customer are, you know, mid-sized companies who do X, Y, Z. Okay. But your target customer is actually the individual decision maker who Mm -hmm. works at that company. So let's talk about that, right? Like what's their day like? What keeps them up at night? What do they aspire to on a personal level as well as a professional level? Really getting inside the, that those people's shoes. It's empathy, right? Like understanding who you're speaking to so that you can speak to them in a way that's going to resonate with them. Yeah. And then you put all that together. So that's kind of the process. Then you put all that together and say, okay, how am I going to tell a story, you know, in 10 seconds or less to start with, right? We do the elevator pitch first that hits on all that stuff. What's the cool, good stuff about you? What is, you know, how is that relevant to them? How can you serve them? What do they get out of it? And leave a little to the imagination. You don't want to tell your whole life story, right? But but what's the real quick version? And then you start making different versions of that, right? For different applications. Um, so that's that's the overview. Oh, I love it. And because the brand will evolve, and I'm going to come back to that because I do want to speak to that point in just a second. But last year, I went through the process of rebranding my company. And Susan and my team, if they're listening to this, they're going to be like wanting to slap me because it was probably one of the most painful processes I think I have ever been through. It really was because you have to go deep and you have to answer these questions. And when somebody says, well, who are you? You're For me, it was just like, I don't know. I am who I am. (laughs) This is who I am. Can't you figure it out? Go watch some videos and you tell me who I am. You know, it was just, it was this painful process. And even going through like, you know, how do we want, what colors do we want to use to represent the brand? And as I've grown, I've added more products and more services. And so I've gotten bigger as a company and trying to like bring all that under one umbrella it was absolutely one of the most painful processes I've been through. Even I think I have a little PTSD around it. I'm like, "Ah, I can't go back through that. But 
I started the process by hiring an agency to help me agency that actually reached out to me and they said, Hey, you know, we've done the branding for Mel Robbins. We've done the branding for Grant Cardone. We, you know, have seen you and we think that you have a lot of potential here and we'd love to help you too. And I fell for it. I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, that sounds great. And paid a lot of money to this branding agency. And Honestly, part of why I did it was I thought, well, obviously, they're helping coaches on bigger platforms than I have. Great. That's where I aspire to get to. So wonderful. Um, But I actually thought my team, I was like, you know what, guys, we're going to learn so much as we go through this process with this, you know, big, fancy, expensive branding agency. And, And they were absolutely horrible. They were horrible. And they didn't do anything for us. The owner, he pitched me one idea which sucked. I was like, what? It's it. And then it became this argument of because I didn't like the idea that he pitched and, you know, very arrogant and talking down to me and they never delivered anything. I ended up letting them go, getting some of my money back. I share this with you guys because if you've been down this road, if you tried to work with an agency, if it didn't work, It doesn't mean that it's not a good idea, that you don't want to develop your brand. You do, but make sure that you're partnering with the right people who can help you to go through this process because what Susan's talking about, like these are big concepts. These are big questions. And I have found that my brand is evolving. So it's like, you know, what my brand was five years ago is not my brand today and probably may not be my brand in five years from now. I don't know, because I'm evolving. I'm different. I'm growing. And so Susan, I'd love for you to speak to just the process for people who are listening and then, and, and, and speak to um, the process and then the growth of a brand. Like, what does that look like? Because in my world, I like, I want to get it done and check the box and be done and never have to deal with it again. And that's probably not the right way to look at it, which is why you're here. Um, so just talk to us a little bit about that process and the evolution of a brand, what that looks like. Sure. I'm sorry you had that experience. And I'm sorry to tell you, it's not the first time I've heard people tell me that story. I'm sure. Yeah. I think, you know, baseline, the first thing you said is just a truth. It's it's a painful process to rebrand. It's actually much easier and more fun when you're just like starting a new company and right. you have a fresh slate, right? Yeah. Rebrand, you're bringing all your baggage with you. You're maybe trying to evolve and bring people along, whether that's internally or you're bringing your customers along. And there's just, it's it's a complicated process. What I heard you describe in terms of the agency that you worked with is what I would call like a really old fashioned Mad Men era advertising model. And, you know, people used to do that more universally. Apparently people still do that where they come in and it's like, we're here to put on a show. Here's the big idea. Don't you love it? Right. We're done. Right. And, and I think, so if I have advice for your listeners, right. About, you know, you're embarking on this journey and what to look for in a partner or an agency. Well, first of all, you use the word partner. And I think that's very important. Just ask those questions. Like what's their process. You don't need them to give you a 20 page deck with like all the details of the process, but you can gauge in a short conversation whether they have a collaborative process or whether they have like what I call the ta-da process. You want a collaborative process. First of all, you want to be part of it. 
all the way along, part of building it. You also want your team to be part of it, particularly if it's a larger team or a larger company or it's a rebrand or a new direction. You want everybody involved, you know, key stakeholders from within your organization so that you don't get to the end and your organization says, I hate this. Who did this? Why is this being pushed down our throats? Right. So the process should have elements of, you know, you don't need every single cook in the kitchen, but elements of there's going to be a team workshop. We're going to do these exercises with the team to, you know, sort of draw out their perspectives. Then we're going to get some outside perspectives from your customers to understand what they think. So it's not just coming from inside the genius head of your branding person. In fact, that is the very end of the process. The genius that they're bringing is kind of putting all the pieces together, but they should be gathering inputs from inside your organization, from your loyal customers, from people, customers you've lost maybe, or people who don't like your brand, figuring out like where you sit in the world and accumulating that data, if you will. I mean, it's not quantitative. Some people also do a quantitative process. It's not something I do, but that's also nice. But gathering, whether it's qualitative or quantitative data, that's like, what is the reason that you're doing this? And then the artistry of, okay, well, how do we put that together in a really cool, fresh way that, you know, your brand has a unique voice, your brand has a unique visual identity. So that I think is the thing to look for. You know, what is their process? How collaborative is it? Not just, you know, what fancy brands do you have in your portfolio? Hmm. And then talk to me a little bit about like the evolution of a brand. Like, is this something that you do at once? Is this something you do every five years? Like, or maybe there's no rules on that. Like, what does that look like as a brand evolves? Like, how often should we as business owners be revisiting our brand? It's not, I mean, I, you know, it would be nice if there were a rule, like it needs to be every three years, you know, paint your walls every three years, um, (laughs) brush your teeth every day. But it is a little bit like those things, right? Like it's maintenance. Wouldn't it be nice if we could just paint our house once and be done? But entropy, it doesn't work like that. Like things fall apart and, and, you know, (laughs) in a positive sense, like things evolve, like things grow. And so if you're attuned, you know, if you're a kind of a mindful leader and you're doing a good job running your business, you'll know when it's time for a refresh. And some of the signs are, you know, like the world has changed fundamentally in either like the whole world, as we've just experienced, or in my marketplace, something big has changed. Or you're seeing either big growth or a drop off in your business. Those are signs that it's time to like, look back, refresh your brand. Maybe your organization has grown in size, like the number of people. So I get a lot, a lot of my clients tend to be at this, well, there's a couple of, you know, big step change, changes of growth. One of them is, is kind of like, we've been humming along with like 20 or less employees for a long time. And now we either just experienced a lot of growth or got, you know, raised a bunch of money and we're taking it to the next level and everything's shaken up internally. And also it was easy to like everybody who worked here up until now just had an intuitive feeling for the brand. So we don't have anything written down and it's all going to, we're going to lose control of that. So let's like write it down the way it is. Um, Then there's also the like next phase. We're like, we're preparing to go public pretty soon. We've done really well and we want to have everything like our house in order and have everything really tidy. So anyway, so there's like what's happening inside your company 
you'll know kind of there's signs that this is a good time to think back at my brand. But yeah, it is a life's work. You are never done with the process. And, um, you know, but but on the other hand, like none of the work that you're you're doing now is going to get tossed in the garbage. That's called brand equity, right? You want to protect your brand equity. So the stuff that you have now, you're going to evolve and refresh but the work is not lost. It's part of your history. It's part of your brand. Um, and, and that's, again, that's part of the challenge and art, artistry of the brand evolution and refresh, you know, when it's not a new brand, like, what do we keep? Like, what's important to people? You know, how, do, how does the world see us and what's important about our brand, which is not always easy to see from the inside. And that's why I, I love when companies will do a little bit of research externally because that really helps them see how the world sees them, what's important to keep, what's okay or maybe even necessary to leave behind as we grow. And again, that's strategic. It's you know language, it's visuals, um, all of that. It goes into that process. Oh, I love that. And so what would you recommend if you're a business owner and you're listening to this show? Like I'm even listening to it going, oh, maybe I should look at my brand again, which I'm not going to do. I'm not going to do because it's going to sideline me until maybe Q4. Like, okay, I'll look at it again. But you're getting me excited, Susan, about just looking at the whole thing again. But if you're listening and you're getting excited about your brand and maybe looking at it or maybe doing some actual branding work, maybe you've never done it before, or even if you're starting a new business, like what should, what would you recommend that people look for in an agency or a coach, a contractor? Like what would you look for when gauging, you know, who's the right person, the right team to work on your brand? Yeah. Well, first of all, you can call me anytime. Um, <laughs> no, I think, so I, I think that I want to start with like things that aren't as important as you maybe think they are. Okay. So I think a lot of people think I need to work with somebody who really knows my industry, right? Mm -hmm. That, that knows like that only works in technology and they're an expert in that area. You know, obviously I come from a generalist perspective, having come from management consulting, but that was not only not a problem. It was actually a feature of what we sold at. And I think BCG, McKinsey, all those folks continue to sell that, right? You're bringing thinking across industries. So you're actually bringing more creativity and more imagination to a project if you've worked in other industries and done other types of work. So that's mm -hmm. something that I think is worth considering. And I, I do a lot of work nowadays in healthcare and I grew up in consumer goods, as I said, and healthcare is very much an industry that likes to stick with healthcare people and like, oh, our language is so different and, you know, the regulatory environment is so different. No one could possibly understand it. And yes, there's a learning curve that you have to be willing to jump into if you're going to work in healthcare. But when I started working in healthcare and brought like the norms and, uh, you know, kind of style of working from consumer goods, they were super excited it was able to add a ton of value because it was really a different way of working. And so it was fun for me. It was useful for them. So anyway, so that's my, my plug for, you know, don't limit yourself to working with people who are already inside your industry. I think you already touched on another one. It's maybe not so important that you have like a celebrity portfolio, that, that that person has a celebrity portfolio. Talk to them one-on-one -on -one 
meet the rest of their team, understand who's going to be working on your project. You know, is this person, you know, if it's an independent consultant like me, then one of the reasons people work with independent consultants is because you meet me and I'm going to do the work. If you're working with a larger agency, you need to be sure that you're connecting, that this is somebody that you like, that you think they're smart, that you like their style, their way of communicating, and that that is actually going to be the person you work with. And if it's not, you need to make sure that you meet the whole team. And who's your point person? There should, that's another good one. There needs to be a point person assigned to your project if you're working with a larger team. And that person should feel like, oh, this person could be my friend. I totally get this person and they get me. Because like anything else, you have a lot of choices, right? And you should choose the person that you are going to enjoy working with because they will understand you better and they will deliver better work. Yeah, so true. I will also share in my experience that company that said, hey, you know, we're handling these big brands. And I've actually been like, I should just reach out to those coaches and say, are they really handling your brand? Because you guys, I have a lot of respect for you. And if this company is handling your brand, you might want to know <laughs> this is what they're doing. But one of the things that happened in that experience was that the owner, um, he asked me, hey, what are some brands that you really like? And I shared some brands that I really like. And he always had something very negative to say. He was like, oh, you know, that brand, here's all the things they're doing wrong. And, oh, you know, that brand, and here's all the things they're doing wrong. And I was just like, you know what? When you're working with somebody who's just tearing everything down and then doesn't have any good ideas for you, that was a big red flag for me. And I just want to share that with you guys too. If you're working with somebody right now, right? And they are shaming you, they are making you feel bad, or if they are bad mouthing these other brands that are very successful brands, like that could be a red flag of something to pay attention to that maybe you're not working with the right company. Yeah. I want to also talk about that. That's a common thing. I see uh, agencies, designers, all kinds of people do like, tell me what brands you like. I don't think that's very helpful. I I think that it's much more helpful when someone comes in and I mean, all the agencies I ever worked for and I do it now, we'll do our own brand audit. It's our job to come show you here's what's happening in the industry. And then we can come in with a point of view on what we think works well. We can gather your point of view on what you like there too, to get a directional feel, but just to dump that in your lap. I, I, I never feel good about that. And I've had it happen to me with designers as well. And I don't, I'm not sure. It doesn't feel right. Like you're paying me, then I'm going to go do the work and, you know, help you out a little bit, not go ask you to do the work. Right. Right. Um, And also you mentioned something before about that, you know, that came in with like, here's the idea. Another thing to look out for. And when you ask about what the process is, again, every agency I ever worked with and what I do now, a good process starts with here's three directions right? That, I I am not sure how I would feel about anyone who didn't at least start with, here's some start points, gather your reaction, you know, that should be the first step, not jump directly to the answer. But here's three different options. Here's the reasons we chose those three different options. Here's what we think are the pros and cons of each of those options. But most importantly, what are you attracted to? What do you think as the client? And then, you know, maybe there's a clear winner. Maybe the team is divided. Maybe you like some from one and some from another. And then it's 
the agency's job. It's my job to go back and kind of come up with, okay, so here, given your input, here's what, you know, here's the direction we think we'd like to go. Do you like it? Okay, great. Maybe there's some refinements. So there's a process that brings people along where the agency is doing the heavy lifting of the work, but you're getting to collaborate and give some input and some direction. And it's a, you know, it unfolds over time. Wow, that's so very helpful. And then could you just speak in very, very general terms, you know, time and money. People who are listening to this right now are thinking, how much money is it going to cost me to develop my brand? And how long is that process going to take? And I, I know everybody's in a different place, but just on a general, just very, very high level, high general way, like what kind of money should somebody expect to invest in developing their brand? Um, and about how long is this process very generally? I yeah. know everybody will be different, but in general terms. So I want to also just define what we mean by developing the brand. So kind of going back to what we were talking about before, like branding versus marketing. So not including the what I call the distribution piece, right? Because that's its own thing. Like, how do I make some noise on social media? You know, do I want to purchase advertising? I actually don't even know what the prices are on that because I don't get involved in that. And Mm -hmm. I think it can be substantial. So that's Mm -hmm. another thing to think about in research. But in terms of figuring out what what you want your brand voice, look and feel, key messages, positioning statement to be, there's a huge range in price and a largely, or at least the way I do it, I think about the the fewer stakeholders I have makes my job easier. And so it also, and I also want to serve some of the smaller folks because it's fun. Um, so I also, you know, sort of discount that because I'm enjoying mm-hmm. that. But I think that you should be able to, if you're like a brand new business startup, you should be able to you know, engage some help, like, you know, coaching kind of model of help, um, but come out with a deliverable that somebody gives you that's designed for just a few thousand dollars. You have to probably hunt for the right person to do that because a lot of people will take your few thousand dollars and give you something that's not so great. But you, you don't need to break the bank if you're just starting up. If you have a company that is you know, a small to mid-sized company, but you've got, you know, some a team that needs to come along. There needs to be workshops. There's going to be a few rounds of revisions because, you know, you know, you want that bigger process and the agency that's serving you then needs to do more work to be on that journey. And, and also you've maybe got some equity that's, you know, needs to be dealt with and there's just more complexity. Mm-hmm. I think now you're talking about more like in the twenty to $50,000 range, and up from there, right? Like if you're a you know Fortune 100 company, they're spending hundreds of thousands, yeah. if not more, on doing that kind of work. Yeah, because they're doing complex consumer research projects as part of it, and all of that stuff. But is that helpful? I mean, it, very helpful, very helpful. Strange, but um, but yeah. yeah. Very, very helpful. The agency that I spoke to, they wanted $10,000. And I'll just, I don't mind sharing that with everybody. They wanted ten grand to do all of this. And I was willing to spend it because they supposedly had the experience, but they ended up delivering nothing. And I had to go back and I did lose, I lost about 2,500. I got the rest of my money back because they just didn't deliver. And I think on some level they knew they didn't deliver. But the bigger problem was that they wasted months of my time. And yeah. that was a real problem. So 
again, everybody just kind of use your, you know, if you're a brand new brand, just know that, you know, if somebody says, oh, I'll do your brand for $200, you're probably full of crap and you probably need to avoid that. Um, you know, it, to me, it makes a lot of sense that you're going to be investing a few thousand dollars into having a, a, a good brand when you're first starting, you know, developed for you, depending on the stage of business that you're in, that's, it's going to go up from there. But hopefully we've shared a lot of really good stuff here on this show that you can shop around, find the right person to work with you and help you develop your brand. Because I, I really believe that when you invest in it, it's a it's an investment for the future and it's well worth the investment. If anything, not to just solve so much of the back and forth and back and forth. And when you when you get into the marketing piece and now you're you're investing in marketing and you're sending stuff out, you know, to just have the messaging clear and the look and feel clear. And this is who we are as a brand to have all that clear and not so much of the trial and error and back and forth and sending out mixed, mixed messages and, and all that mess, which can, can also, I think, cost you a lot more than just that initial work to get your brand right. That's such an important point. And I see it a lot. I actually, sadly, have people who come to me after they've jumped in, spent a ton of money and realized I'm spending all this money and I'm pumping out stuff that doesn't make sense and doesn't look good. Then they go back to the drawing board. And it, it's so tempting. I totally get it. It's so tempting to be like, well, I have to get the stuff out there. So that's a non-negotiable. I have to pay that money. So maybe I can save a little bit on the front end. Like we basically, you know, we'll take some pictures of our product and like, you know, write some stuff and call it a day. I totally understand that impulse. I'm like a very frugal person. So I totally understand why you would want to skip that. But you're really wasting money in the end because it's a little like garbage in, garbage out, right? And, you know, to take that, and it's not just money, it's time too, because that's another reason why people jump into it. But that will save you a lot of headaches later. I agree completely. I had somebody the other day say to me, I haven't spoken to her in a very long time. And she was like, Jennifer, your marketing always just looks so amazing and so top notch. And I'm, I'm cringing to myself thinking you have no idea, like behind the scenes, like what has gone into all of that. And like how many iterations, some of you are listening and you're on my email list and you're like, oh yeah, I remember when her logo was green. And I remember when her logo was blue. And I remember like seeing these different iterations of the brand evolving but it's definitely worth doing if you can at the front of getting it all right before you then start to obviously distribute. But Susan, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for sharing all your insight and your wisdom with us today. Could you please also share where people can find you if they want to find out more about you and your services that you offer? Sure. So my company is called Susan Meyer Studio. You can find me through that. That's the URL. But I also have a URL which will take you right there, which is a little more fun to remember, which is called Embrace the Zigzag. And that is also my, uh, well, that's my newly created uh, Instagram as well, because I'm migrating from Twitter to Instagram, like so many of us. But um, find me on Instagram. It's actually turns out to be much more fun to post on there than on Twitter. But Embrace the Zigzag, just to explain where that name comes from, very passionate about people who zigzag in their careers. And that's the majority of people that I serve in my coaching business, helping them kind of integrate and refine their story, which is more of an eclectic one. And I also think that applies to brands, right? As you talk about the evolution of your brand, zigzag is like a natural flow of life. We go back and forth and we eventually find our way, but nothing runs in a straight line. So embrace the zigzag.com. Uh, and you'll find all of my um, information and services. And I'm always happy to do a, you know, a 
quick chat with anybody who's interested in learning more. Oh, I love that so much. All right, you guys. So hopefully you've listened to this episode. You're super inspired and you're super motivated to go out there and to work on your brand. Absolutely. Check out Susan. We will put her link um, to her information in the show notes. If you're one of our clients, you can, of course, be like, hey, Jen, we're, I'm ready to work on my brand. Um, we're happy to, of course, also help you in our agency. But I hope you guys got a lot of value from today's show. Susan, thank you so much for being here with me today. Thank you so much. This was great. Awesome. All right, you guys get out there and have a happy, productive day. I hope you found today's episode of the Happy Productive Podcast inspiring. Every successful business is formed by a set of small, consistent, and attainable steps. If you want to learn more, come visit us at jenniferdawncoaching.com to take your next step and learn how to meet your business goals. On our website, you're going to find free resources along with links to the life-changing coaching programs that have transformed the lives of so many of our clients, including the Coaching Academy and our Unbreakable Retreats. Many of them started their journey by listening to this podcast. That's it. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for our next episode. This is the She Leads Podcast Network.